Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 69. Today, Andrea and I are excited to have Cassie Joy Garcia joining us today to talk about her new book. Let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear. Don't forget, all of the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Let me tell you all about our guest, although she needs no introduction, and then we can get on to the interview. Cassie Joy Garcia is the editor-in-chief behind the popular food and wellness website, FedAndFit.com, the author of two cookbooks, the best-selling self-titled Fed and Fit book, and her newest resource, Cook Once, Eat All Week, 26 Weeks of Gluten-Free Affordable Meal Prep to Preserve Your Time and Sanity. She is a certified nutrition consultant, the creator of the Fed and Fit Project, and the voice behind the weekly mindset-focused Fed and Fit podcast. After the birth of her daughter in early 2018, Cassie became even more motivated to rethink traditional meal meal prep. Spurred by a desire to spend more time with her daughter rather than on her feet in the kitchen, and by a desire to save money by being more strategic with her grocery budget, Cassie thought that there has got to be a better way. There's got to be a way we can save time, money, mental energy, and not have to eat leftovers all week. That's how Cook Once, Eat All Week started and was born. Cook Once, Eat All Week is a revolutionary way to get a delicious, healthy, and affordable dinner on the table fast. Cassie will walk you through this tried-and-true method and show you how batch cooking a few basic components can give you an entire week's worth of dinners with minimal time and effort. When she's not working, you can usually find Cassie spending time with her husband, Austin, their one-year-old daughter, Grace and Joy, and their great Pyrenees fur baby, Gus, in their home in Texas, Hill Country, near San Antonio. Cook Once, Eat All Week is available for pre-order now on Amazon and comes out tomorrow. Well, Cassie, thank you so much for coming on today. I am so excited to talk about your new book, and I think that that's a really good place to start. Um, Tell me a little bit about how you came up with the idea for this amazing book that's coming out next week. Oh my gosh, I know it's so soon. (laughs) it's like it's getting ready it feels like getting ready to have a baby you know we've been working on it for so long and then all of a sudden it's here um gosh this idea for a book you know I have been when you decide that you want to just start serving up healthy food at home you know for yourself and then as family grows I um meal prep was became a part of my life right a part of my weekly routine And for so long, meal prep for me looked like I would, usually on a Saturday, right, we get to the end of the long work week, and we're so excited the weekend's here, and then Saturday rolls in, and we think, oh gosh, we can take a deep breath, we have the weekend, and I would pour out all my cookbooks, and I pull up my favorite websites and blogs, and I'd find all my favorite recipes, and I'd write my meal plan for the whole week, and then I would write my grocery shopping list, it spanned all the recipes, and then I'd rewrite the list. So it was an order of what I would be shopping for in the store. And and it was this huge labor because I'm having to cross-reference, you know, everyone's dietary needs that I might be cooking for, um, just what might be in season. And it was like this huge undertaking. And then, and so that's all day Saturday. And then we go grocery shopping. And then Sunday, I would spend six to eight hours on my feet in the kitchen cooking all this food right? And what I would wind up with is essentially eating all of that food that I cooked and planned and bought all week long, but it was reheated as leftovers. And by Wednesday or Thursday, I was honestly sick of it. (laughs) I was tired of the food I'd made. I was tired of eating leftovers. 
And it was always so expensive. And I felt like I had spent my entire weekend trying to put this food together that I then wasn't excited about. And I had a lot of food waste also, you know, a recipe would call for a quarter of a bell pepper. And I would always tell myself that I would just snack on the rest of it, but that never happened. Um, and so Cook Once Eat All Week was born from a desire to really to come up with a different, better, more efficient, less expensive, makes more sense way to meal prep. And so I started using it in my own own home. And then we, this method, which I'll tell you about what it is in a second, but we started sharing about, we decided to share it on the website as I got ready, ready to have my um, daughter. She was born in January of 2018. And as a part of you know, really wanting to put something great out there on the website on fedandfit.com in January when Gray was born as, you know, leading into my maternity leave, we thought we'd share this concept, this cook once, eat all week meal prep concept at, and four weeks of it, right? And it was really successful. Folks really loved it and so, and begged for more. And so we put our heads together and spent about a year and a half coming up with 26 full weeks of this concept. And so what it is, is we take, we combine bulk um, meal prep methods with also meal prepping in advance. And so we take three main ingredients like a protein, let's say a vegetable, and then let's say some sort of a starch, right? So let maybe it's chicken, whole chickens, right? Because there's something, um, if you're going to buy, if you're looking for an efficient way to buy pr- uh, proteins, the whole bird is definitely a good way to go. So let's say we roast two whole chickens, and then we're also going to make um, broccoli. Broccoli is our vegetable. Maybe broccoli's on sale, and you grab it that time of the year. And then our starch is going to be sweet potatoes. So your prep day, instead of cooking everything to fruition and making all these complicated dishes that are all different, the prep day involves coming up with components that will work together. So we're going to roast our chickens, maybe steam our broccoli, maybe shred some of it. So if we have a raw application and then we're going to bake our sweet potatoes, maybe whip up a couple sauces and then that's it. And then what we do is during the week, we assemble these cooked components into three different fresh dinners. So instead of having to just reheat leftovers, we're able to spend maybe 10 minutes assembling dinner, sticking it in the oven, and then we get to serve up a really fresh dinner for our family to enjoy. So let's say we make with those three ingredients a buffalo chicken casserole, um, maybe like a kung pao chicken bowl you know, with white rice. So we give you a break from the sweet potatoes. And then maybe we also do some sort of a Greek pizza, barbecue pizza. Right. So three totally different dinners. We tried to make sure that the family, you know, people feeding children were in mind. So we didn't we didn't use any crazy flavor combinations or unapproachable ingredients. And your prep day, the planning is done. Right. The planning piece of it is done. You just go, you pull up the week, you you pick the week you want, the recipes you want and the types of ingredients that your family likes. And of course, we have dietary considerations. so You can navigate that. You pick the week. We have a shopping list already put together for you. So the planning piece of it is done. Go to the store. It's already organized because I'm a just nutso type a personality so the shopping lists are already organized really well by section and then sunday or whenever day you decide to meal prep we really wanted to make sure that your active time in the kitchen was no more than about an hour for every week so instead of all day on your feet you're really just prepping for an hour and then you get to assemble fresh meals 10 minutes and poof dinner's done so it's kind of a long-winded answer but that's that's from start to finish where it came from I love it. And I will I will vouch for it because I did pre-order your book and I got your pre-order. So I was able to try out some of those recipes and I actually did get them 
what, a year and a half ago when you started thinking about it, but I wasn't in the right mindset to try it. So I did, and I I did, like, the whole chickens, and it was cauliflower and and peppers, and it was it was fantastic. I think the first meal was a curry a curry chicken, and then the second one was a barbecue with uh, cauliflower mash, and then the third one was fajitas, and it was so nice to have such a variety of flavors. I don't always think about adding those different, how different sauces can be to make a meal taste so different, mm-hmm. and and for, and I have a four and a half year old and a, um, an eight month old. Both of them are very good eaters, but they don't always love the, like the more intense flavors so it was actually really nice because we had sort of the plain unseasoned chicken that I could just portion off a side of it and just like hey this is the plain chicken that my kid can dip in ketchup and she'll eat the red peppers fine and it was still great and easy and my husband and I got to enjoy the more flavorful meals that we like so it really it it was phenomenal and yeah I think for you know active time was great you know the the chickens did take you know maybe an hour and 15 minutes to cook but I was just kind of like oh well let me clean up let me do some stuff on my phone while I'm waiting for them to finish so it was really you made it exactly how you wanted to so that was wonderful oh that means a lot that's so exciting and that's exactly what we do in our house with gray she will for the most part she'll eat fun flavors if she has no other choice but she, I, you know, she'll eat a little bit more if it's a slightly more bland. And that's exactly what I do is I set aside just a little, maybe it's shredded pork or ground beef or whatever it is, just so she can eat it um, for lunches or whatever it is she has going on during the day. Um, so tell me a little bit about, I know there's some different dietary options, some restrictions, things like that. Tell me a little bit about what the options are for people in the book, um, how it's designed, and and what kind of changes people can make to the recipes to fit their own lifestyle choices. Yes, absolutely. So we here at Fed and Fit are a bunch of nutrition geeks, and we just couldn't help it after spending gosh, almost a decade writing um, different meal plans and recipes for all kinds of niche dietary protocols. We couldn't not include those nods in the book. So while the book is all gluten-free, and it's gluten-free really because I'm gluten-free, we do have some dairy in there. We definitely have some grains in there. And again, all written with the family in mind. You know, what is it? How do we keep things accessible and affordable for the majority of folks? But that being said, because my background is in grain-free, dairy-free, a paleo-type template, we wanted to make sure that those considerations were in there. So we have 26 weeks in the book, which is six months worth of meal prep. It's, it's a lot of variety. So hopefully you're never bored once you get this book with your meal prep. And 24 of the 26 weeks are paleo-friendly, either already, meaning that they're dairy-free, grain-free, uh, legume-free. Either they're already that way, or we have written instructions on how to make certain modifications. So for example, if a week calls for white rice, then we have a really solid slam dunk cauliflower rice recipe in the book that you can follow. And we have those modification noted on the actual shopping list page. So if you know that you're going to make one of the modifications, you'll be able to see on a single page at a glance what groceries you need to be buying. Uh, So yeah, we wanted to make sure it was really straightforward. We have egg-free considerations because we know that that's a huge one for our audience. We have what else? What am I? I'm sure I know I'm forgetting things. Um, nut free is another big one. 
So we just want to make sure we were in low carb, of course. We wanted to make sure we were as accommodating to folks as possible. And then at the very back of the book, we have two indexes that I think folks will find helpful, or I hope that they'll find helpful. We have a an allergen index, so you'll be able to see at a glance, you know, if nuts, for example, are something that you really need to avoid for your family, and you'll be able to see at a glance which weeks are nut-free already or have just a very easy swap. And then another index we have at the back of the book is on nutrition differences. So we've got our nutrition breakdown. I don't personally like to look at nutrition boxes. I don't want to see calories or fats and carbs when I'm actually reading a recipe because it's just not how I work. And so I didn't want that to stare somebody down who doesn't also care about those kinds of things. But I know a lot of folks do track macros. They are calorie counting for whatever wonderful reasons that they have. So we put that at the back of the book as an index. So it's there if you want to reference it. And we included with that those modifications. So let's say if you're wanting to make a week that has grain rice or cauliflower rice, you can see across a line item, calorie content, protein, fat, and carbohydrates. Um, we have saturated fat, we have net carbs, we have fiber, all of that good stuff for every, every uh, dish and, and the serving thereof. I feel like you thought I of love everything. All. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say the exact same thing. I mean, it sounds like it has everything in it. I love it so much. I'm really pumped about it and about it and getting it because we've definitely been stalling on our meal prep. And I'm also really excited to recommend it to my clients because I feel like recipe books can be really overwhelming for people. It's like you spend, you know, 45 minutes, an hour prepping this one recipe and you get dinner for that one night and then that's it. And it sounds like this is the exact opposite of that, which I love. What I did want to ask is what would you say or any recommendations or tips for someone who is really new to meal prepping? And for them, it's like right now, it just feels like this chore, like any recommendations on making it more fun in itself? Oh, man, you know, I think I like to treat meal prep, especially if I know that it's only going to be an hour, right? that's less daunting to me than six to eight hours like it used to be for myself. So I dread it a whole lot less now, but I try to schedule it during my daughter's longest nap of the day. And it's kind of mommy's time. (laughs) Silly. I will, I will pour myself my favorite sparkling water and I will put in my earbuds and I'll listen to my audio book and just go to town. And it becomes, unless I'm doing an Instagram demo, then I can't do any of that because I'm documenting <laughs> while I go. <laughs> and it takes longer when you're documenting. But um, when I'm just meal prepping for myself, I try to think of it as a time that I kind of get to do a little bit of self-care if, if Gray is asleep, right? So I will, I'll pour myself a lovely beverage and I just enjoy my time in the kitchen. And I, I do enjoy cooking. And I just tell my, this is my, this is my time to enjoy cooking and spending time in the kitchen and working with my hands, listening to a great book or a great podcast. Um, and then if Grayson is awake, then I like to joke that it's dinner theater, because she loves being there with me. It's like another, it's like a fun thing that I get to do with my daughter. I have one of those lobster chairs, you know, that a clip to the, uh, the countertops and I'll plop her right in there. And I just joke that it's dinner theater. We sit there and we sing songs and I give her little snacks of whatever I'm cooking up, little tastes of things. And she just really has a great time with it. She likes watching me in the kitchen and it's something fun to break up our day. You know, it's like when you have kids at home, you break up the day by maybe going to the library and then it's spending time in the kitchen becomes a fun thing that we get to do together. So those are the two scenarios that I, that I juggle with that um, I find, I found a way to at least make it more fun. I love those that. are awesome. 
Yeah. I love being able to like, I love it when cooking doesn't have to be this like additional thing you're doing. It's like, no, 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 this is part of my self care, or this is part of baby activity time. And just having them be able to see these whole fresh ingredients being used and getting to learn about it. Oh, that's so great. I love it. Um, one more question I have is, is it pretty easy in your book to go by seasons and like find what's seasonally available just depending on the week and, and whatnot? Yes. So we definitely wrote the weeks with seasonality in mind. For example, you're not going to find, I don't know why fennel just came to mind. <laughs> Let me come up with a better example. Cause we don't have any week calling for fennel. Um, oh gosh. What are some very specific? Oh, here we go. You probably will not find um, like tomatoes being a primary ingredient for the week, which are a very summertime ingredient, right? It's a summertime vegetable, or actually, I guess it's a fruit, but you won't find tomatoes called for at the same time as like a butternut squash. I really hope I'm not about to eat my hat and I don't actually have that in the book. <laughs> we, were very in, we were very intentional trying to make sure that you'll be, you will be able to find ingredients at the same time. So if there is a butternut squash, we probably incorporated maybe kale, another heartier type winter vegetable that will be accessible nationwide, no matter where you are, um, depending on the season, right? So we definitely kept that in mind. We toyed with when we were putting the book together, actually, it's funny you asked that because I, one of our thoughts was to put it into seasonal chunks, right? Um, these are summer recipes, spring, fall, and winter. But we we wound up choosing not to do that because, for example, I'm located in San Antonio, Texas, as is the majority of my team. And what's accessible to us, our growing season is so much longer than folks who may be up north. And so what's what's in season for us down here is a little bit different. So we decided just we, we kept the spirit of seasonality true with the weeks that we were putting together, the types of ingredients that we're so sourcing. Um, so if you choose a week, all of those should be available around the same time frame and, are, and around the same price point, right? Like you're not having to buy Argent asparagus from Argentina, right? Um, at the same time that something else is in season. But uh, we just wanted to offer as much flexibility as, it, as possible. I hope that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And I love that thought that went into it because that's definitely been something that's frustrated me about recipes when it's like, all right, I can find half these ingredients and not the other half where they're at some like random grocery store and yet not in season at all. So thank you for putting so much thought into this. This is amazing. Yes, of course. And within that, I, I think that also kind of comes into the other question that I have. You talk about this technique being more cost-saving. And I, I know that buying fruits and vegetables that, that are in season, is gonna you're going to be more likely to get things on sale. Tell us a little bit more about how this type and style of meal prepping can really save us some money. Yes, I would love to. So one of the things that comes to mind, the other day I was prepping one of the weeks and I made it on Instagram, but it was this, um, chicken breast week, right? We, we started off with five pounds of chicken breast and we combined it with what were the other main ingredients? It was bell peppers also. And <laughs> can't even remember what I made two days ago. I have, Oh, spaghetti squash. It's, it's sitting in my refrigerator right now. Um, okay. So those were our, those were our ingredients for the week. And the chicken breast was not cheap when I went to the store, but if you have this book at home and you're walking around in the grocery store and you see that chicken breast organic, you know, air chill chicken breasts are on sale for 60% off. 
it's an opportunity then to say, oh, because you know when you see that, you want to you want to grab them all. When when raspberries are on sale for fifty cents a cart, you I or at least I do, I will grab all of the carts, go home and freeze them. And so what we want, this is kind of in that spirit of if the chicken breasts are on sale, they're on a killer sale, they're marked down, go ahead and grab five pounds of it and know that you, we have your back. We've got you covered on how to use that chicken breast to where you won't be bored of chicken by the end of the week. Um, so that's one way that you can use the book to really help save money outside of just shopping seasonally, you know, cause when broccoli's on sale, go ahead and look for a broccoli week or when, a squash is on sale, look for a squash week. Outside of that, we also, being able to use ingredients in several different dishes, just we cut down on your on your shopping list. If you've done that traditional meal prep that I described at the beginning of this, where you're, you've, you've, picked, you've chosen your eight or nine recipes, right? And you're cross-referencing them all. I find myself buying so many things, all the ingredients, all of the different kinds of sauces, you know, these kinds of aminos and this kind of vinegar and this kind of oil. And what we wanted to make sure was that your grocery shopping list was as efficient as possible. And so you're, you're able to use one jar of something in multiple dishes. And so it's another way to save money is because we're not going to have you just buy coconut aminos because you need a teaspoon of it in this one particular sauce. We're going to make sure that we're also using it in something else. Does that make sense? Because then you, then you don't have to buy another jar or another sauce for something else, only a little bit of it. I, I love that. I think that, you know, I, I there's so many recipes. It's like you need a pinch of fenugreek for something. And it's like, well, maybe I'll take them out of my lactation supplements because I don't feel like buying a whole jar of it or something like that. So, um, yeah, I, I think that that's really helpful. And I, I like being able to make something and not have waste. And I know mm-hmm. that when we made the meals, like there were three meals, but they all had leftovers so not only did we have three meals like I ended up having lunches for the next days and it was like oh well we could also have another dinner of this so we're a family of four but it's really like maybe two and three quarters if that so it's like we had just so much food and so many things to do with it it was like it was so it was so refreshing and my husband was a little bit like well you can try it we'll see (laughs) And he he did. He loved them all. And and I will tell you, we did cauliflower. Like, it was cauliflower week, and he's not a huge cauliflower fan. And he still, he enjoyed it still. Oh, that's great. My husband really liked that curry cauliflower sheep hand dinner also, it just, it, which surprised me. I think it's just curry. I think, I think we can bring the men to the table with curry. <laughs> curry, everything. I, I like my daughter's favorite, my little, my baby's favorite, like, jar of food right now is the beech nut mango chicken curry or something. I'm like, who yes. made this in a baby food? But it smells so good. <laughs> I love it. So I was wondering, do you have any other tips or suggestions, let's say just in the realm of, like, cooking, kitchen, things like that, that can just like your favorite hacks, you know, I don't always love the word hack, but those things that you really recommend people do to save time, money, and just like get them through the, you know, that healthy lifestyle of living. Yeah, you know, kind of in the same vein too of shopping seasonally and saving money. One of my favorite, you know, I hear you on the air quote kitchen hacks is let's say you go to the grocery store 
take advantage of those center aisle sales because that's when you know something is probably like, so if they have kale is marked down to a dollar a bunch. I don't know how, I actually don't even know how much kale normally is, but let's say it's a dollar a bunch for organic kale and you're like, hot dang, this is a good deal. I need, I, I wish I, I'm going to buy one bunch of this kale. I challenge you to buy five to 10 bunches of it. Go ahead and buy a whole bunch of kale and bring it home. And this is what I will do is I'll bring it home. I'll wash it. I'll let it dry completely after I've washed it. And then I'll de-stem it, roughly chop it, freeze it flat in my freezer on like a sheet pan. I'll spread it out on a sheet pan, freeze it flat. And then I'll transfer this frozen, washed, raw, chopped kale to a giant Ziploc baggie. And if the plastic freaks you out, you could line the Ziploc baggie with wax paper or parchment paper. But I'll stuff it in a Ziploc baggie, label it. And then when I want to cook up, I want to, let's say I'm making chili for the family several months down the road. And I don't, I'm kind of at a loss of what vegetable to serve with the chili. I'll just take a handful of that kale that I got on sale. It was organic. It's already washed. It's already prepped frozen. And I'll just take a handful of this frozen kale and throw it in the chili, stir it up. It wilts down. It's ready to go. Kale is probably my favorite one to keep on hand because it can go in so many things. If I'm making a pasta, you know, if I'm doing any kind of a stir fry, I can toss it in there. It's great for a smoothie. So I would say don't be really, if you see something that's on sale, don't be shy about just grabbing a whole bunch of it. I do this constantly. And then I always get, people always ask me if I'm, if I'm juicing, right? (laughs) Like carrots are on sale and I buy an enormous bag of carrots. They think that I'm juicing it. I'm like, no, I, I will chew all these carrots. I will eat them all. Um, so that's, that's probably my favorite thing to do is really be strategic with prepping and freezing. And then it makes it so much easier just to whip it up. I love that. Um, I do have a question because this is something I fall into. Do you have a technique that you use to keep track of what's actually in your freezer? Because I feel like I will do this and I will buy the family pack because it's on such a better sale and I'll put it, you know, portion it away and I'll put it in my freezer. And then we just, we don't use it. Like for us, our deep freezer is in the basement. So we have like the regular stuffs in our freezer upstairs. And I just don't always know I don't always think about the things that are in the freezer downstairs. Oh my gosh. I, you and I are very similar then because I don't always think about it either. My husband is much more organized than I am, or maybe he doesn't have any things in his brain as I do. And so he has time to think about it, (laughs) but he, um, not as a dig to him. He just manages his time really well. He created this whiteboard. He got a magnetic whiteboard and he puts it on our free on our refrigerator and he has an inventory of what we've got and he's got it organized. He's incredible. He's got it organized by produce and then by types of protein. So chicken, seafood, pork, beef, and then other, which is where we have like our liver worst, you know, and then he has a little vis-a-vis or a dry erase marker that I will go through. And as I use up, let's say five pounds of chicken, then I will, I'll mark it off. So I know that that's gone. And then as I put something in the freezer, I'll, I'll mark it on there. So at a glance, I can kind of see what I've got. And when I'm really on my game, I will double check that list before I go to the grocery store. And if something's on there that I was going to go buy, I'll just pull it out and start defrosting it. I love that you mentioned that if you're on your game, you'll check it before you go. I think that's part of the problem. But no, I love the whiteboard idea. I feel like 
I don't use whiteboards often enough. They're just so easy and I feel like they're so inexpensive and they magnet to anything. You can just sort of put them wherever you, wherever you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's genius. I'm almost thinking, I'm like, I feel like my deep freezer, I could probably just use dry erase markers directly on. Like I don't even need a whiteboard. <laughs> like it's kind of that material. I'm going to go dry that out because otherwise yeah. I know I'm going to be like, oh, well, I got to go buy a dry erase board. And then it's going to be like five months before I even buy one (laughs) to even start that. But yeah, I'm definitely uh, very guilty of that too, of like buying. I'm like, oh, great, frozen blueberries. And I like go and put them in the deep freezer. I'm like, and I have four bags already in here. Damn it. (laughs) Like they weren't on sale or anything. I just thought I needed them. Never mind. (laughs) So that's great. Um, Kitchen hack wise, any favorite tools that you use? I always tell my clients, like I am not an expert of cooking at all, but like, I feel like having a very large cutting board and a really sharp knife to me is like, makes the world of difference when it comes to meal prepping. So that way you're not like spilling vegetables everywhere and like chopping with a terrible knife is just makes meal prepping hell. Um, Any of your favorite tools or recommendations? Yeah, that's a great one. A large cutting board and a sharp knife is great. And if your knives are dull, definitely go get them sharpened at least once a year, if not maybe once every three or four months, because it can make a really big difference. And sometimes you don't notice it because it's kind of like growing your hair out. You don't notice it's getting longer because you stare, you look at it every day. If you're using that knife every day, you may not realize how dull it is until you go get it sharpened. So go sharpen your knife. Makes things so much easier. If that sweet potato is getting really hard to cut, I bet your knife is dull. Um, I would say something else. I would say a really good pair of kitchen scissors. It feels like a really weird splurge because you could just go to the craft aisle and buy a pair of 79 cent scissors and you think they work the same, but a good pair of kitchen scissors you can use to deconstruct a chicken. I really use it on proteins more than anything, or if I'm wanting to cut up some herbs really quickly. Uh, and then I just, if, if they're dishwasher safe, I just throw them in the dishwasher. Something else that I'll use really regularly is a lemon squeezer. I am a, such a big fan. Don't, man, I just use so much citrus in my recipes because I think I really like from the nutritional spect- perspective, I love the bonus vitamin C. I love that it helps people not have to oversalt their foods. Um, so we use a lot of lemon, a lot of lime, fresh citrus in our dishes and a good lemon squeezer, one that's either entirely plastic or does not have a paint coating on it because I found that the paint coatings will chip over time and you'll have to replace it. So go invest in a really good lemon or citrus squeezer. What else? A microplane. I'm a huge fan of a microplane. For example, if you want to grate up ginger, fresh ginger or garlic, that's a really easy thing. And it's what a microplane is, is like a really fine grater and it's long and skinny and you're going to feel like such a chef while you're using it. You'll use it with nutmeg in the wintertime over your eggnog. Um, I will use it for chocolate. If you really want that really fine dusting of a bar of chocolate over top of like a chocolate cream pie, that's another thing that I'll, I'll use. I find myself using a lot, um, a good measuring cup and measuring cups. So a liquid measuring cup and then dry measuring cups and then a big mixing bowl. Um, I think is something that everybody is worth having. They like the, I'm talking about the big metal ones, you know, you know, those enormous mixing bowls and you think, what do you need this for? There's something so nice to just like, if you're mixing up a coleslaw, just to get after it and, and whisk it or stir it to your heart's desire without worrying about having to fling it everywhere. Um, I would say that those are, so those are some of my favorite picks. I think those are great picks. I, you know, I think there's so many 
nice options when it comes to measuring cups. I know people that will collect like different fancy measuring cups. And I will say I have a few different sets, but you know, I have like some that I prefer more for different things. Like there's one set that's square that's easier for pouring in and um, some fit in my jars better. So I, I love those tips. And I do think that the lemon squeezer is something that I should invest in. So as I was trying, or a citrus squeezer, I was trying to squeeze that lime and I had rolled it and it was just like a little hard. I'm like, I want more out of this. I want to get the most that I can out of this lime because I do, I love the acidity and the freshness. I feel like we have started adding lemon to just about everything because it just brightens a dish up. So I, I love that. So thank you for those suggestions. They're wonderful. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would like us to know to tell our listeners about your book, about anything you're doing or anything like that? Oh, man. I mean, I think we pretty much covered it. We're just I'm just so darn proud of this book. And it hasn't even come out yet. And just through the ebook and then, of course, the, the website series that we published a little over a year ago, I'm really, really blown away by the feedback. Just truly knocked off my socks by the feedback. And I think that if, if this resonates with you at all, if the meal prep riddle and challenge has been something that you faced, I encourage you to go explore it. Um, if you're listening to this after April 23rd, then the book is out. Pop into one of your local bookstores, Barnes & Noble. A lot of the other big boxes will carry it. Give them a call ahead of time just to make sure you don't waste a trip. But go grab it in a store and ping me if you're making anything from it. I love seeing what you're making. Use the hashtag cookonesbook. And then, of course, I'm heading out on a tour. I was just looking at my schedule, girl. And oh my gosh, it made me a little, a little sad because I have to leave my little baby for the longest I've ever left her. But it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to go head out on a nationwide book signing tour. I think we have 11 stops. And anybody who comes out to the tour, you can find all the tour information at fedandfit.com slash events. And you can also navigate there very easily from fedandfit.com, our homepage. But if you come out to one of the book tour stops, we have some really handsome free swag bags for you filled with goodies from some of our favorite partners just as a thank you for coming out. So I'm excited. It's going to be a wild ride. I am so excited for you. I had said to Andrea, I said, oh, we better get this in before she goes on tour. Um, and this this will air on April 22nd. So everyone that's listening the day that it comes out, you can still get some of the probably the pre-order goodies for one day. And then it'll come out on the 23rd on, of April. And we are also doing a little giveaway. We will be buying for one of our listeners a copy of the book. So you can head over to our Instagram page to see how to enter that or look in the show notes and because we just want to share this amazing book with our listeners as well thank you so much that's so kind thank you all right that's a wrap remember to check out cassie at fedandfit.com or find her on instagram at fedandfit and get her new book thank you so much for joining us today next week we are going to talk about emotional triggers follow us on social media for news updates and calls for questions you can find me beth at feats of real eats and andrea at dr andrea moore on instagram and facebook please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review show notes for this episode and all podcast related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com <laughs>